Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to Girl on Fire podcast on the Believe Network, New York's number one podcast network for personal growth. This is your host, Kirsten Franklin. On this week's episode, we have Olivia Owens, who is the creator and general manager of iFund Women of Color, the platform for women of color to raise capital through crowdfunding, grants, coaching, and the connections needed to launch and grow successful businesses. iFund Women of Color created an ecosystem designed to empower early stage women entrepreneurs and bridge that funding gap for women of color iFund Women of Color launched in 2016 and continues to help women raise millions of dollars in capital. Please welcome to the show, Olivia Owens. Welcome, Olivia. Hi. Thank you. Excited to be here. Me too. We have so much to talk about. So first, why don't you give the listening audience uh, a little bit about your background and a little about about iFund Women and iFund Women of Color? Sure. So iFund Women launched back in 2016 as a crowdfunding platform for women entrepreneurs. We are solving the funding gap problem that exists. And I always like to start this conversation from a very macro level. Um, Only 1% of founders, regardless of their gender, will raise venture capital. And so the question remains, what are the 99% of founders supposed to do to access capital for their business? And of that 1%, Women only receive, I believe, 2.3%, and then Black and Latinx women only receive 0.64%. So we are talking about pennies um, when it comes to the VC side. And so we set out to create an alternative funding platform for women entrepreneurs, and we've been coaching all things crowdfunding. There are so many myths out there about crowdfunding, who can do it, how it's done. And so education is so core to what we do. And over the past few years, we've been able to really build out a holistic platform addressing that funding gap problem. In year three, we took a look at the data and recognized that while women of color represent about 70% of our platform, they only represented 30 of the funds being raised, which is a similar disparity that we see across other funding options. And we said, not on our watch. This is our platform. We can create solutions to directly address that. And iFund Women of Color was created. And so really the purpose of this community is to address the unique obstacles that women of color face. Because I've been coaching entrepreneurs on crowdfunding since day one, I was the first hire outside of the co-founders at iFundWomen. I know what those pain points are. Crowdfunding requires you to leverage your network to raise capital. And if you don't feel like you have a network that you can lean on, it can feel like an inaccessible tool. And then on the other side, it also requires a certain level of vulnerability. It flips everything that we've been taught on its head. It's not about just putting your head down, grinding it out and working really hard. It's forcing you to put your vision out there and ask people to believe in it, which is really uncomfortable. And so um, those are the conversations that we're, we're having. We're talking about how to make the ask. We're talking about how to build and leverage your network, all of that fun stuff. 
am proud to share that in our first year, we were able to move the needle on our cumulative funding volume. Women of color now represent 51% of the funds raised on our platform over the past four years. Nice. And I just think that's a testament to we see these massive systemic issues and sit there and wonder how do we even make a dent on this yeah. on this issue. And for us, it was about taking a step back, really listening to um, our community and their needs, and then creating a solution that supported them. And so excited to definitely dig in a bunch more, but that's a high level of the work that we're doing. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Now, how did you actually get started in this arena, right? Because not all of us kind of pop in and certainly not at the level and and the manner in which you're playing the game. So tell me a little bit about your background and, and how this became of interest. Sure. So uh, my mom is an entrepreneur. I have watched her navigate this journey for the majority of my life. And I saw her go through the struggles that many of the entrepreneurs in our community are going through. She didn't understand the concept of scale for her business, um, for her to be making money. It was her speaking. It was her doing one-on-one coaching. And it wasn't until um, she found iFundWomen as a funding resource in the early days of this business that she was even able to raise capital. She is a wealth coach and coaches Black women on how to build wealth by investing their money. And she would go to pitch competitions and the judges wouldn't understand like, well, why are you just focused on Black women? Obviously, she wasn't pitching to people who look like her and understand the problem that she was solving. And so iFundWomen was the first platform that she found that was like, oh, this is something that can work for me. I have, I've built a massive community over the past years. I'm going to raise $30,000. At the time, she was planning on building out an app. She has since pivoted, which is also just the beauty of crowdfunding, being able to prove demand for your product or service before you invest in supply. She was able to pivot those funds into a solution that worked better for her community. But ultimately, I had previously been working um, at a sportswear company in Baltimore and in, in the HR space, and it just wasn't serving my passion. So I moved to New York to get into the marketing world. And my mom's like, you have to meet Karen Kahn, the founder and CEO of iFund Women. She's amazing. She has a really strong network, perfect connections for you. And so I met Karen. At the time, I've had women needed somebody to run their social media. So I started freelancing. And then they said, what position do we need to create to keep you on the team? So I came on as the marketing manager, moved into business development and partnerships, and then ultimately launched I've had women of color. That's amazing. That's amazing. So let's talk about this because, you know, a lot of our listeners here are, you know, two types of business women, right? Maybe they're starting up a small business or maybe they're starting up a startup, right? As, as we like to define it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd love to first talk about, okay, we know there's a problem. We know there's a problem. It's, it's there in the numbers, right? And you have created one, you know, one way to address it, but let's talk about, you know, what's really happening because, you know, I was just getting back the numbers from during COVID, there is even more money being thrown at people and yet less women. So our percentage dropped yet. We're so much, I feel like we're finally, you know, and I'm, I'm much older. So I've been around this game for like 20 years. Right. So, so when I was out there, forget about, you know, forget, you know, Asian wasn't even on the table. I still didn't exist because I was a woman period. Right. And it was just like, okay, like I'm talking about walking to a room full of men and they literally would say little girl to me. Right. And I'm just like, all right, peace. Like, you know, I'll just have to 
I'll just have to crush you now, right? You know, back in the day, that's how I felt. I wouldn't feel that way today. I'm a whole different person, but, but that's what I would do. Um, but I mean, it's really interesting that despite all this talk, despite all of these efforts, despite all of these many women-centric platforms where we're funding ourselves, and if you notice, most of the money is coming from our own pockets, right? Yes. Like, what do you think is going on? Like, how, how do we even explain how this is even, almost in my opinion, getting more disparate, more, more wrong, right? Like, yeah. I mean, honestly, I think it's because despite commitments, despite talks, the VC space isn't actually changing. Their algorithm for how they determine who they're going to invest in has not changed. And the solutions that women are creating to the problems that we experience, and then when you go into women of color who are oftentimes, they're not necessarily innovating on things that have never been done before. They're just now creating products and services that that have them in mind. So while a beauty brand has been done before, it hasn't been done inclusive to the experience of a woman of color. And when VCs are investing, they're investing in, of course, the things that are going to give them massive returns, of course, the things with the trendy tech words that meet their investment thesis. So while as a um, social culture, we may be shifting and broadening the conversation and diversifying the rooms and the decisions that are being made, um, the algorithm is remaining the same. Mm, mm, mm. So let's talk a little bit about I Fund Women of Color. Talk to me about some of the, you know, what are the current investments that you guys have going on? So it's a crowdfunding platform. Are there any kind of particular parameters that you guys look for in allowing people to access your platform and access funding? Not at all. So we are an extremely flexible platform. We have been built to meet the needs of women entrepreneurs and women entrepreneurs need flexibility. We have 5 million things that we are managing. So if there's a situation where you launch your campaign and something happens, we allow you to extend it. We allow you to adjust your goal. We allow you to introduce new rewards so that you can be successful. But to back up any... It's cross-sector, cross-industry, cross-stage. Women entrepreneurs who are crowdfunding on iFundWomen, the minimum that you need is a website and social channels um, to actually get on the platform. But one of the biggest misconceptions about crowdfunding is that you can just put a campaign up there and the magical money elves are going to come and sprinkle money into your campaign. I am sadly here to tell you there's no such thing as magical money elves. Um, And there's a lot of prep work that needs to be done to set yourself up for success in crowdfunding. And so when you see on other platforms, like such and such product raised hundreds of thousands of dollars, they're also putting thousands of dollars into pre-marketing to help them reach that virality of success. And so where we start with, with our entrepreneurs is level setting of Okay, here's the thing. When you're crowdfunding, the majority of the people who are going to contribute are going to be people that you know or people who have been exposed to your brand before. And based on that, what is your realistic goal for what you can achieve? Because crowdfunding is not going to be the tool that funds the next five years of your business, but it is going to be the tool that helps you get over the obstacle that's in front of you right now. So how can we define what that obstacle is, whether it's building out the prototype for your app or manufacturing the first line of your of your clothing line or launching an accelerator program, whatever it is. Um, and then what's the minimum you need to raise to actually achieve that thing? And then, and then we take you through the method of, of really fine-tuning that. Yeah, and I love it because you did mention earlier on, you know, you do have this holistic platform. So you have everything, not just there that you can 
like use and leverage, but the coaching as well. I mean, that's super important, right? So tell me a little bit about the kind of coaching that you guys offer. Yeah. So we coach on all things from sales and marketing to finance, to fundraising, to tech product, all of those things where you could spend hours of your time Googling, trying to find the answer. Instead, you can book a 30 minute call with one of our coaches. They're topic matter specific calls. We want to keep you really focused on what we're accomplishing because as an entrepreneur, you're getting thrown so many different things that we help keep you on track based on, okay, you, if it's for crowdfunding, okay, your pitch is done. Now let's figure out your network map. Who are, who are we reaching out to? Okay. Now let's figure out your reward strategy. What are the products, services, content experiences that you can sell to the people that you just laid out in your network map? Okay. Now we have that early. Let's talk about marketing strategy. It's going to take five to seven touches to get somebody to convert. How are you communicating with these people? What does that sales funnel look like? All of that. So that's what our coaches are are really walking you through. And you also said something earlier too that I just want to reiterate because I think that <laughs> the magic money else. Um, I think that there's there is something that I think because when like Kickstarter started, right, that people did develop this impression that they're going to throw up something on like Kickstarter and they're going to be like, I'm like, okay, that what fate, first of all, their prototype was developed. It was saleable. The money went to making more of those. So their whole production line was in play. And like, and when you're not from that space, you don't really see it. Right. So I love the fact that you have the coaches. I love the fact that you said that. And here's another thing, just as a mindset coach and, and also a business coach is like, there's always an investment of some sort, time, money, some kind of resource, something. So, so I get how a lot of people are running away from the pain of the job that they have maybe. And I get how social media is molding your mind in a very inappropriate way to think everybody's going to have this magic fairy wand and we're all going to be like amazing. Now, I do believe we can all wave a magic wand, be amazing, but it's not going to be the way you think it's going to be. Absolutely. Um, I was actually just talking to my small coaching group and I was laughing because we were talking about manifesting. And I was like, and I said, listen, man, if I could sit on my couch and manifest golden bonbons and just sit around and eat all day, I would do that. And then I was like, well, wait a second. Maybe I can. I was like, I don't want to limit myself, but it hasn't happened for me yet. Right. But I mean, (laughs) you know, so I really just wanted to kind of drive that home again is that, you know, there's always an investment. For some reason, I find like when people say like, oh, like you mentioned coaching now, imagine like they get on like, okay, it's like a hundred dollars a session or like the pay to get on the platform at a certain level that they're not expecting. And I'm like, well, like everybody's supposed to be homeless working for free. I mean, like, I don't, I never understood like the, the thing. And and I always want them to spin that back around on them. Right. It's not about like you're out for it and only the money, but you do have to at least sustain your life. And if you're really in the zone and you're really, you know, really elevated in that, in that level of energy and your vibe, you would, you would understand it. It's fine because you know that you're sending it out. You're getting it back tenfold. You know what I mean? So one thing that my mom always says is that you don't value what you don't pay for. And to be invested, you quite literally need to invest um, to get to be able to get a return on that investment. And I think the question that I always ask our entrepreneurs is, do you believe that the product or service that you're trying to put out in the world is valuable? 
if it is, why would you not do everything you could to get into the, into the hands of the people that you're looking to support? And so it really is a mindset issue. And that's why coaching is so valuable because when you're coming to us, we're looking at, at it through the lens of the other businesses that we've been able to see do this well and it have it work. And we're not bringing all of the negative self-talk in the, the narrative that is wound up around you about all of the reasons why something can't work. And that freedom and just validation sometimes that you need to, to receive to know that you can keep going is why coaching really is so critical to accelerating your, your success in your business. Yeah. And you mentioned a great word there, but I like it because I happen to be a mindset coach, right? You know, mindset, you know, and I always say this, you know, mindset first, mindset always, because that's always going to be the thing that creates your reality and your perceived blocks or not. Right. So in that vein, what has been your biggest kind of mindset challenge to date? What a good question. I mean, in my, in my entire career, I have never been formally qualified to do any of the things that I've done. In college, I worked at the IT help desk and I kid you not, I went in for my interview. They had me read from a newspaper and they were like, great, can you start Monday at 8 a.m.? And I was like, awesome. That must mean that people are calling with their tech issues and I'm going to send them to the person with the information that can help them only to realize I was expected to be solving their tech issues and quickly had to figure out, okay, well, how do I reinstall an operating system? How do I do X, Y, Z and learned on the fly when I got my, um, when I started my career out in HR and benefits, uh, my hiring manager hired me for my customer service experience. and was like, I can teach you anything you need to know about benefits, learned that on the fly. And so I think it's been a, a consistent uphill battle of, of course, imposter syndrome. Um, we, we all face it in, in some facet, but I also think it's like, that ceiling. I think that I'm so passionate about the things that I do. And if you're going to put something in front of me, I'm going to put my all into it. And I think we need to always have a bird's eye view of where are we going. Um, And I think that I can get so laser focused on where I'm at that I'm not always thinking about where I'm going. And I think that as an entrepreneur, you always have to have that number one KPI or that number one goal in mind so that anything you're spending your energy doing, you have a measuring stick for, is this serving the long-term goal? Because if not, then I need to pivot. I need to shift. I need to adjust. Yeah. And I think that's interesting because, you know, I don't think that that's the macro of learning, the macro of even how to freaking read properly so that you can, right? We don't teach that. The macro of finances, talk to your mom. What? They don't even, they don't even talk about dollars and cents in school, but they're going to try and teach you trigonometry. It's like, okay. Yes. It's like, it's very interesting, but yeah, I think that there's, there's definitely an element to to having that macro. And it's interesting that you just mentioned imposter syndrome. We were just speaking to Sarah Seeger. I don't know if you know who that is. She's like astrophysicist over at MIT and she's all like all about the stars and all about, you know, the the atmosphere surrounding planets of other stars, right? And and she was talking about that too. And she has her system. You know, what's your system or what system have you developed to really address that imposter syndrome? Because it doesn't just happen once sometimes because every time you're doing something new, it could get triggered. And I work with high-level CEOs. I work with athletes. You know, you'd be surprised at what an athlete, what skill set they can lose just because their mental game says that they shouldn't be at that level and they freak themselves out. Right. So it's it's very interesting because it could be really, it could be really like nothing and you just sort of work your way through it, or it could be like everything. Right. And like, you can start screwing up your own path. So how did you 
overcome that at each stage? Yeah, I mean, I think I think ultimately we're seeing mental health enter a broader conversation. We're seeing it happen with Simone Biles. All of that. For me personally, I remember being at a conference um, and there was a keynote speaker and she was talking about how entrepreneurship is not about reaching a destination. Um, Like with each new level will become new rules, new learnings, new discomfort, and consistently pushing myself to lean into the discomfort and making that a a familiar space for myself Mm -hmm. means when I step into those rooms, I'm not so afraid of that feeling that's natural. I know it as, oh, you're feeling this way because you're doing that thing again where you're stretching and you're growing and you're doing something you've never done before. But you can apply this to the other times where you felt this way and you were successful. Name a time where you felt this way and you weren't successful. You don't have an example. So despite the way that you're feeling this way, push through. And then I also... um, learned I was I listened a lot to Carl Lowenthal. Um she has the um yeah. unscrew your brain your brain podcast. Um well, yeah. <laughs> savory uh version of the term but she said something that blew my mind. She was talking about um she does a lot of thought work and she said when you have a thought instead of asking yourself is it true ask yourself is it helpful? And if it's not helpful, throw it away. And that was a revolutionary concept to me because I, for the longest time, I took my thoughts as facts and I I operate from a logic-based standpoint. It's like, it is true. Like, I'm not the best at that, but is it helpful for me to reiterate to myself over and over again that I'm not good at this thing? Um, And that's really given me a lot of freedom to truly change my thoughts to create different results and different outcomes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, what's really funny is people don't realize because again, not that much intention and thought is put into it, but you can't have an emotion or an outcome without having a thought. Yes. So if you understand that your thought begets your emotion, which then begets your behavior, which ends up with your results, then you really understand that you better start messing with your head. People ask me like what I do for a living. And I'm literally like, yo, I'm a mind fucker. Like yeah. that's what I say is I'm a mindful. What do I do? I yep. fuck with your head yep. so you can get your happy end result. That's all I do. Now there might be business strategy involved, but that's like the easy part, mm-hmm. right? Once you've built a bunch of businesses, it's cookie cutter stuff, yes. you know? And, and I love it because, you know, our brains actually need novelty and yet it's a pain point, you know, like you need the novelty of learning how to tie your shoe but it's very stressful when you're three, four, five, you want to wing that shoe across the room because it's so difficult. Why won't mm-hmm. the loop stay? And then I tied it, but I pulled it tight and it all fell apart. Everything I worked for, right? And like, that's your whole life there. But it's that level of thing that you're all that uncomfort, that discomfort that you should really be seeking because not only are you always creating new neural pathways, which is helping your brain actually stay beyond Alzheimer's and stuff, Right. But it's, it's just developing you. It's so important. It's so important. So that's interesting. I like how you, you, you talked about that because Sarah also said a little bit something. She was saying to actually purposefully, you know, reflect on your past accomplishments. 
right? And just bring that energy and that vibe of like, oh, wait, I can, I've done it. I've done it. I've done it. It's, you know, and everything was always new. Like you were saying, like, when have you ever had that situation where you weren't successful, right? Or you haven't gotten a lot of value out of it. Maybe the success didn't look the way you thought it was, but you sure as hell learned a lot, you know? Absolutely. Um, And and it's it, that's so spot on and leaning into that discomfort zone, as I like to call it, is is something that you can do for yourself and something that you should do for yourself, depending on what it looks like. For me, for example, I'm planning on moving to L.A. in in a couple months and I'm doing that because I have reached a threshold where I am now that I can't grow in this space. I'm too comfortable. I have, I have the places that I can go where I'll see the people I know, but I'm not stretching. And I've created a system inside of myself where lack of growth is uncomfortable for me. So then I push myself out into a new arena (laughs) so that I can stretch and grow. That doesn't mean I'm not terrified of like what could possibly happen. But again, I'm using the proof point. I've done this before. Um, I'm okay. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No fear. More fun. More fun. So I have two final questions for you. What has been the greatest piece of advice you've ever gotten? Go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. My mom, who is getting a massive shout out in this in this podcast, always has these these sayings that she would deliver to my brother and I. And it's so true. I mean, I grew up in a predominantly white area and regularly felt like a token, an outsider, different, regardless of how diverse where I grew up was. Like you, if everybody around you was white, it is a completely different experience. And I think I spent a lot of my younger years worried about trying to fit in. And in my adult years, much more focused on the people who see me for the value and worth that I have to provide and return that same energy. And following that, knowing that feeling and following it and seeing it is what led me to I Fund Women is what has allowed me to build out a platform where what I do is the truest instant gratification. I is instantly on a coaching call. I see the light bulb go off and the energy return and the excitement happen. Um, I see them raise the funds um, and, and see the belief that like, wow, I was actually able to do that. And then I see them use the funds and the thing actually comes to life. And so there's just so much, um, it's a privilege to be able to do what I do. And that's because I really thoughtfully went to the place where when I said as a marketing manager, I actually hate social media. It wasn't like, okay, well, like go find another job. It was okay. Well, what do you love and how can we position you in this business where you're going to be happy and can continue to make an impact? That's how we should be leveraging our gifts in this world. And so we know what it feels like when we're being tolerated and we know what it feels like when we're being celebrated. So definitely lean into the latter. I love it. I love it. Okay. We have to do this for Mama Dukes. What's her name? What's her website? Is she still doing a uh, financial? Okay. Okay. Yes. We've got to do it. We've got to do it. She is. Her name is Deborah Owens. Um, DebraOwens.com. Her business is Wealthy You. She is giving you all the nitty gritty investment information you need to build wealth and a legacy for your family. So definitely check her out. Love it. Love it. Okay. And final question. What has been the worst piece of advice that you have gotten to date? Oh, that's a good one. Um, You're like so many to choose from. No, just <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I have had amazing mentors. My The thing that the key to my success is the support system that I have. Yeah. I would say 
it wasn't external advice. I don't know where I gained this belief, but I spent so much time worried about how my actions were going to impact other people. I stayed in a job for far too long because I felt like they relied on me. And and if I left, what would that mean? And she had poured so much into me only to realize she put in her two weeks the week before I put in mine. And I was over here suffering for no reason. And so I would say, always look out for you. Number one, everybody is the protagonist of their own story. And so you got to be, you got to be in control of yours. Um, and, and don't listen to yourself when you start talking yourself up about like, what would happen if you chose yourself first. Um, and one of my favorite quotes that I got last year was from Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed. There's no such thing as one way liberation. When you free yourself, you free other people. And so don't get in the way of other people's liberation um, by holding yourself hostage. That's, that, that's awesome. I love that. I totally love that. Amazing. Thank you. All right. Awesome. We are going to have all the social links in the description. Anything else? Any one like one last piece that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Yeah. Um, here's the thing with crowdfunding. It should be the first stop on your funding journey to prove demand for your product or service before you invest in supply. We will help you do it. It is not an easy task, but you can have a support system in doing it. If you are a woman of color entrepreneur looking for a support system and a community, definitely apply to iFund, iFund Women of Color at ifundwomen.com slash WOC. We would love to see you there and follow along with us. The one thing I didn't mention is we also do grants with partners like Unilever, Adidas, Visa. So definitely make sure you stay tuned to us for the, the different programs that we have going on as well. All right, guys. Well, you heard it. You heard it from Olivia Owens. Thank you so much for having this time with us. Thanks for having me. Great combo. So that is it for this week. Thank you for joining me. And I hope that you enjoyed today's show. If so, don't forget to rate it. If you guys have a pressing question, feel free to tweet me at CS Thrive uh, or on Instagram at Thrive Tribe 3.14159. Again, I know that's a weird one. It's just pi. So it's three, it's thrive underscore tribe underscore 3.14159. Or of course you can join me in Facebook at my free group, which is Thrive Tribe Global. If you just search groups and you enter in Thrive Tribe Global, you should see us there um, and you can join it for free. Uh, I answer your questions in there. But if you guys send me a question through there, I will be sure to answer it here on this podcast. And as always, if you're ever interested in advertising on the show, please contact the Believe Network at Believe, B-L-E-A-V, at Believe.com. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.